0: I say. Look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one time free sample of their award winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com. And use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp.
1: Another day is here
0: and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? Hi, you guys. Brand new Sarah Fraser Show podcast episode. And this one's deep, but you're going to learn a lot. So one of the things, I think two things in life that we avoid and hate talking about is getting a life insurance policy and doing our will and planning for, I mean, I guess death and taxes, you can't avoid it, right? Um, anyhow, so today, Alyssa from Rubin Law is on and she is talking about why it's so important to have a will and estate plan. I just Schman and I just went through this. It was stressful. The hardest part was picking a guardian for KJ. And if you know it's never gonna happen, but you know, worst case scenario, I don't want KJ to I don't want anything to be unplanned, right? Every single person should have a will. So if you've ever been curious, if you've been if you have kids, you got a couple kids and you've been thinking to yourself shit, we gotta get our act together. I gotta get a will. I gotta get a power of attorney. Now's the time. And you can actually do it affordably. And Alyssa is also here to talk about major celebrities like Prince and Twitch Boss who died without wills. What happens when you pass without a will, without a guardianship for your kids? Here's Alyssa. All right, Alyssa. Alyssa is here from Reuben Law. Now, you all know David Rubin, our guy your divorce family law attorney. We say it all the time every week on this show, and David Rubin has been on this podcast with Natasha and me. If you are going through a divorce, especially if you are dealing with a difficult spouse, you need to call David. MDlaws.com is their website. Rubin Law. Three decades you guys have been in business. And Alyssa, what I love about Rubin Law is you all are kind of 360. You do criminal, you do estate planning, you do family law. So... You're here today to talk to us about estate planning and wills, um, which no one ever wants to do, but is like the most pivotal (laughs) thing you can do for your, it is truly, isn't it the best thing you can do for your kids and loved ones?
1: Absolutely. It's really important to plan for the unexpected and to plan for the future. I always say getting your will- your
0: power of attorney, all that in order and having a life insurance policy. Because it it happened to my family. You know, my my dad died when I was in high school from cancer. From diagnosis to death was 14 months. And thank God, by the grace of God, he had a life insurance policy, short-term, long-term disability, and his estate was planned. And it saved my mother, who was grieving at the time, trying to raise, raise two young teenagers so many hours of heartache and financial, you know, near ruin, you know, thank God he left her something. So she wasn't ruined.
1: Definitely. And you had mentioned the grieving process. And I think that that is so important to not overlook when somebody is grieving the loss of a loved one. The last thing you want to do is pile on in terms of workload and trying to navigate, especially if it's a spouse who is not accustomed to managing the household finances. So now they're dealing with the loss of a loved one, grieving, and then dealing with this daunting task of having to deal with the finances, which is something completely new. So it's just, it can be really burdensome. So Alyssa, tell us what is a
0: will? What is a will? Who should have one?
1: So everyone should really have a will. but obviously not everybody necessarily can have a will for one reason or another, although there's nothing that prevents a party from making their own will as long as it complies with their local state laws. So when somebody is looking for a will, we're really looking at, do they have any sort of pre-existing medical condition? How is their health, right? If somebody is diagnosed with cancer or a condition, then, oftentimes it makes sense, even though it's really difficult to plan for the unexpected and to really put yourself in a position where you really have to think about some things that you don't want to think about. But if you're diagnosed with something, then that's really a time when you might want to come up with an estate plan. Once you have children, it really is essential to have a will. What if something happens to you and the either your spouse or the other co-parent, then you definitely need a will in order to protect the children and their interests. Um, If you have a lot of assets or it's anticipated that you're going to come into an inheritance, then you certainly want to explore um, creating an estate plan. So there are so many different circumstances which may cause somebody to give us a call But the reality is everybody, young, old, healthy, people going through some medical conditions, everybody really benefits at the end of the day from having a will. And I know that that was a bit of a long-winded question, um, but to get back to your initial question, what is a will? That's a great question. A will is a document that directs how your assets should be distributed in the event of your passing. So how personal property is going to be distributed. You know, that that really nice Chanel purse that you saved up for, who is the Chanel purse going to go to? As well as if there's a house, is it going to be liquidated with the net proceeds to be divided amongst beneficiaries or is the house going to go to somebody? And just generally speaking, the liquidated estate, how is that going to be distributed?
0: Okay, tell me this too, because... Dan and I, Schman and I, just did our wills here in California. And I thought it was the same thing, but I, I think you were telling me it's not. So we did our will, power of attorney, guardianship for our son, and I think medical, uh, what is it, derivative? No. Is it directive? directive? Yeah. Uh, healthcare directive. Okay, but you're saying those things are all separate or are they all
1: under the umbrella of a will? Yes. So that's a great question. So in Maryland, those are all under the umbrella of an estate plan, but they're independent documents. And if you think about it this way, a will becomes operative upon your passing, right? The will has no meaning during your lifetime, but once you pass, then the will is meaningful, right? During your lifetime, it's the financial power of attorney and the healthcare directive that is operative and meaningful. Once you pass, both the powers vested in those documents the healthcare directive and the financial power of attorney those are no longer effective because you're no longer living so healthcare directive and financial power of attorney those are documents while you're living and then the will is the document that dictates after you pass
0: okay got it got it got it um You know, what are some of the things that are so hard for people to plan when it comes to their will? For Schman and me going through it, the hardest thing is picking someone, God forbid, I don't even like, hate. I hate even putting it out there, but like if if Schman and I were to pass at the same time and KJ was under the age of 18, who is going to take care of him? For me, like... I didn't really give a shit about my assets. Like, I'm like, oh, those will all go to, to KJ. If he wants the Chanel handbags, fine. If he sells them, I don't care, right? But it's like, what are some of the, the sticking points for people when it comes to estate planning and wills that are so hard and hard to negotiate with their spouse? Because my husband and I, was it was difficult to pick
1: a guardian. Yeah, I would say that you definitely hit the nail on the head. That probably one of the most difficult decisions is who would have guardianship over children minor children i think it's complicated for a couple of different reasons number one it's an awful thing to even have to think about then number two you're looking at two different sides of the families you know that everybody families and people have a lot of feelings right so even if you don't necessarily want to take on the responsibilities then people still have their feelings hurt right so if you're choosing you know, mom's sister instead of dad's sister, then how is dad's sister going to feel? Or dad feels a certain way because why are we choosing mom's sister? Or how are we going to choose one sibling over the other? Or I want a parent to care for my child, but I know that my parent is older and not in the greatest of health, and I don't want to have to come back and do this again. So it, it definitely becomes that's certainly an area that can cause some contention. What I always tell my clients is that this is not about other people. This is about you and what's best for your child. So this is not the time to figure out who is going to feel a certain way. You need to figure out what you are most comfortable with because you're going to be gone. I hate to say it, but you're going to be gone. All you care about at the end of the day is that your child is in good hands. And so you need to pick the guardian that you know is going to raise your child in the way that you want the child to be raised.
0: Mm. What about when it comes to power of attorney? I'm sure that you've dealt with cases you know of course mine is Schman, right? And I'm Schmans, but I bet you deal with couples that decide not to pick their significant other. How does that go? And and, and <laughs> any any tips, any tips who should be your power of attorney? Again, that's hard and sometimes it's you know, it is a thing with not picking your spouse because it's hard for your spouse to make medical decisions about you, they love you so much, meaning, God forbid, you're a vegetable, they pull the plug. Um, You know, that's hard for a lot of people to decide. Or even if you need to go in a nursing home, a lot of people don't want their loved ones to do that. So any advice when it comes to picking your power of attorney, someone who's making your medical decisions in the event you can't?
1: Yeah. So In Maryland, there are two different documents. So the great thing is you can have one person manage your finances and a completely different agent for your healthcare decisions, right? So for example, I love my husband very much, but my parents are in the medical profession. And even now as a young adult who is competent and can make my health decisions, I'm still calling my parents and running scenarios um, by them all the time. So I love my husband and he's not offended, but he he's not the first decision maker because i have a family member with expertise in the medical field so i have named my mother as (laughs) my decision maker in terms of finances that's a little bit of a different story i think it depends on is this a first marriage do you have children together what kind of assets do you have together i think for my clients, it's pretty common if it is a first marriage and the parties have children together. I would say it's relatively rare that a party would name somebody other than a spouse as their agent to act for financial decisions. Okay. Um, but if a if it's a second marriage or a party has a child from another relationship, I would say that it's far more common for them to then name a child rather than the spouse. So it really just depends on comfort in terms of a financial power of attorney. The most important thing is it's a really powerful document. It essentially gives somebody else the power financially, anything I can do, you can do on my behalf. So that's that's a, that's very powerful and that can be a bit scary. So the most important thing is it needs to be somebody that you trust wholeheartedly and you know that they are not going to... Um. Do anything questionable?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of trust, and and you need a good attorney like you, obviously, uh, to help you through it. I mean, we really relied on our attorney in California and our therapist <laughs> to get us through our <laughs> couples therapy. <laughs> because it, it's like it's one of those things where, like you said, you're it's huge decisions, and then I'm like, okay, I can't. Overthink this too much. You know what I mean? You have to you have to make a decision and trust that your spouse will do it. And to me, the biggest thing obviously was guardianship, like that KJ's okay. And then, you know, everything else will sort itself out. Um, talk to me about, you know, a lot of people obviously see you guys come to Ruben Law for family law issues. They're getting divorced, they've already been separated. How critical is it if you already have a will? but you're now getting divorced, how critical? I mean, should that
1: be like the second you file for divorce and then change your will? I mean, how quick should you do that? So that's a great question. And of course, I'm only speaking to Maryland because each state operates differently. But in Maryland, if you don't have a prenuptial agreement or some sort of contract that states that you are relinquishing your rights to make a marital claim from the estate, Um, you can't disinherit a spouse. So if you are going through a divorce process and you are not yet divorced and you don't have a separation agreement that says neither one of us is going to be entitled to collect from the other's estate, then even if you update your will, if you're still married and don't have those provisions, then the spouse can still collect regardless of whether or not they're named in the will so it's called the spousal share in maryland and essentially if i write my will and i don't give anything to my husband and my husband says she was my wife i want to get something then maryland law is going to dictate what portion of my estate he would receive so it's a little bit nuanced but as the other thing to think about is once you are divorced if you have a will your spouse is your former spouse is disinherited under your former will so you don't necessarily need to update your will once you are divorced um i would still recommend updating it because it just causes more opportunities even though you're divorced for somebody to come in and try to make arguments and prolong the process um but what's really interesting is in Maryland a healthcare directive remains effective even after a divorce. So I had a scenario where I represented wife in a divorce and about a month before a highly contested trial, I received notification that husband was on life support out of state and my client was contacted because she was the agent in the healthcare directive. So we are one month out of trial. (laughs) This was a pretty contested case. They had been married many, many, many years. um, And she was the individual that got the telephone call to make the medical decisions. And I think that that's just uncomfortable all around for everybody. So you definitely, if you're going through a divorce and you have your spouse listed in your healthcare directive, I recommend immediately updating that document because if I don't trust that person to be my spouse, I don't want them making my medical decisions. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. Um, how much does a will or estate planning cost to get to get this started to get these? You know, especially these the big four documents. You know, your guardianship, your will, your power of attorney. What can you give sure. us an estimate?
1: So it depends if a client is just doing a will and nothing more. Just like, just like all legal services, it really depends. But I would say that the wills start at about seven fifty for individuals with more wealth. That might be more sophisticated documents, deeds, um, done trusts, and so forth. It could be upwards of forty five hundred dollars. But for simple documents, you're really looking at if you're just doing a will about. $750,000 $750,000 to an entire estate plan is, you know, typically less than $2,000.
0: Talk to me too about, we've seen in the news over the years, very famous celebrities who have a lot of assets die without wills. Prince being one of them. The most re- recent was, of course, um, Twitch boss, Ellen DeGeneres' longtime DJ. When, when If you don't have a will, tell me how... What does that leave your family? What what does that process look like?
1: Sure. So
0: the wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it up into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim.
1: in maryland there's a set of laws that says this is what happens in the event that you die without a will so for example in the state of maryland if you are married for less than five years and you don't have any children but have surviving parents then the assets are split 50 50 and it just kind of goes from there based on the relationships um, of those that you've left behind what's interesting is I believe that Twitch and Allison, their oldest daughter, I don't know if Twitch was the biological or adoptive father. I know that she was raised by him and she was certainly his daughter. So in a scenario like that, where you have a child, but the law might not legally recognize them as a child, well, that could cause complications, right? Because you want all of your children to be treated equally. And in a will, you can say, these are my children and this is how I want my assets to be divided. But in circumstances where you don't have a will, it's going to default to the laws of your state. And that might not include stepchildren. Um, So just something to think about. And then again, you know, going to the grieving process, if you don't have a will, then the loved ones are having to figure out what are the assets, right? I don't even know what assets my loved one, what Prince left behind or what Twitch left behind. So now I'm having to snoop around the house to try to get a sense as to where do I even begin to try to figure out what assets exist. And that's a very daunting and exhausting process. Um, so and I would it, imagine it just, it, also additional cost, right? Because
0: even if you are married to someone, you know, Prince wasn't married at the time, but, you know, like Twitch and his wife being married, I mean, even though you're married without a will, I mean, don't you, you still have to now file court papers. You, I mean, it, I would imagine you've got to retain an attorney. I would think in any state, right? I mean, even if the state has a protocol It's probably going to cost you a lot of money, maybe not necessarily even a lot, but money while you're grieving. Am I right?
1: Well, so in the state of Maryland, what happens is if you have assets in your estate at the time of your passing, then there's a couple of different ways in which assets can pass, right? So when I meet with a client, often I'll go through their assets and I will suggest that they name a beneficiary. If you name a beneficiary on an IRA or any form of a retirement account on a life insurance policy, a bank account, then that asset is going to pass directly to the loved one in the state of Maryland you just bring a copy of the death certificate, and then the funds become available to the beneficiary. Mm -hmm. Assets also transfer if they're jointly titled, right? So in the state of Maryland, we have something called tenants by the entirety for houses. So what that means if is, is if a husband and wife are married and have a house together, it can be titled in such a manner that if something happens to one spouse, then the house automatically becomes the property of the other spouse. The assets that end up through the probate process in Maryland are the assets that don't pass to somebody directly by way of a beneficiary or a joint title. Um, So you can have a will. And if your will says, I want everything to be divided between my three children, and those assets wouldn't have passed through the naming of a beneficiary or a joint account, then even though you have the will, you would still unfortunately have to go through the probate process. Uh But there are so many issues that can arise through the probate process when you don't have a will. Um, For example, siblings arguing over personal property. We joke about how in divorce cases it will come down to the DVD. Nobody wants the DVD, but it's just kind of an emotional tie and a way of hanging on to the marriage. You're just not ready you've done all of the hard work you've but you're just not ready to let go and if you think about family dynamics and probate court oftentimes there are underlying dynamics and you work with siblings and they're arguing over the personal property and the personal property has no value and Sometimes they both really genuinely want it. Sometimes it's just something else for them to argue about. Um, But if you have a will that says that this valuable asset is going to go to this child, it eliminates that argument and it prevents the asset from having to be sold, right? Because if the asset is sold, then nobody gets the asset, right?
0: I know, and so boy, all these things too, like having a will, I mean, as, as much as we all, you don't want to do it, you know, it's like, it just saves everybody so much heartache after you're gone. You know, like you said, spou- you know, siblings fighting, um, oh, it's, you know, you see, you see it every day and it's <laughs> like, it's so much emotional crap, you know, that you, you wouldn't have to do if you just took the time for $700, $700 to 1000 bucks. you basically can have this document that saves people a lot, a lot of emotion. Definitely. Lot of yeah.
1: Definitely. And then looking at the financial power of attorney, that too is such a powerful instrument because if somebody loses capacity and they have assets, but they're unable to manage them, then in Maryland, you would need to seek guardianship over the person to have somebody appointed as guardianship over their property to be able to manage it. But instead, you can essentially, in most cases, avoid that by having this financial power of attorney that gives somebody else the power to act on your behalf financially and likewise with the healthcare directive. So it's for many people, it can sound very expensive initially. But it really is such an important investment because it really does cost so much more from a time and financial and emotional perspective when you don't plan.
0: Enormous. And, I mean, uh, let alone, I can't imagine dying without a guardianship for your child. Then, I mean, you open that up, right, to probate, like to basically family members petitioning. That can get ugly. And in the meantime, you have this child that is like a, immense grief and has no idea where they're going to end up. You know, I mean, that to me is one of the most devastating things. And I'm sure you've seen that.
1: Yeah. That's why I say that all parents should absolutely have a will. I think that that is what's most important. Actually, we recently started uh, Wine and Wills at the firm just to reach out to mommy groups just to explain to them why it is that this is so important and why every parent really needs a will Um, because it's so easy to just procrastinate and push things off and I know that Natasha is not with us, but I'm sure that never in a million years did she ever think that she would be raising her beautiful girls without Kane. Um So you just can't plan for the unexpected. You never so know. It's really important to have these documents in place.
0: Um, final question. How yeah. how long is your will good for? So so you do it. A lot of people listening, like myself, uh, put it off. Then I have a son. I'm like, God, oh, this is so important. So we just did ours here in California. Um, so I know people are going to be calling you. Then go to the website mdlaws.com. By the way, you do free consultations for wills and estate planning too. So guys, there is do it. Schedule you know schedule thirty minutes. Talk to Alyssa. I mean, my God, you can begin to save your family and your kids just so much heartache and money. So mdlaws.com, the website, you can make a free consultation there. But once you've done it, how how long is your will good for?
1: That's a great question. So in Maryland, wills do not have an expiration date. So theoretically, it could be good for your lifetime. What I always recommend to clients is look at your will every three to five years. You don't have to give me a call, but just look at it. Make sure that everything still suits your needs. You know, I hate to say it, but it's really heartbreaking. I can't tell you the number of clients that have come in because they have become estranged with a child and they want to update their will. It's and that is just so difficult because it's such a sense of finality. But I've also had clients come back and they've reconciled with a child that had some substance abuse issues and has recovered. Um so those are those are great clients to have back, but Assuming that circumstances have remained the same, you haven't won that lottery jackpot. Oh, um, financially, everything's about financially you're in a similar situation and all of the beneficiaries that you've named are still living, you still want your assets to be distributed in that in that manner, then there's not a need to update your will. In the event that you come into a large sum of money, then You might need a more sophisticated plan to help with some tax planning and savings, Um, but most people really just need a simple will and if their financial circumstances remain the same, then their will can be good forever. Love it.
0: Um, Alyssa, everyone needs to reach out to you who is thinking about estate planning. As Alyssa said at the start of this podcast, every single one of us needs a will, especially if you are married and you have children or if you're getting divorced. Um, MDlaws.com is the website. We can make a free consultation right there. What else? Anything else, Alyssa?
1: No, just I know that it's really difficult. Nobody wants to have these conversations, but it's so important and you don't have to, even if you don't give us a call, just do some research online and you need to make sure that it's done in compliance with your state's laws. Um, but everybody really should have a will, and there really shouldn't be any excuse not to have one. You can always go back and update it, but you want to have something. And in addition to that, just don't forget about the financial power of attorney and healthcare directive, because those are really powerful documents that can really, really benefit you and your loved ones in the long run.
0: Alyssa, thank you so much. Also, just uh, you know, as a reminder for people, because I know obviously we've been working with you guys, I think they get this, but you guys handle just Maryland residents, correct? You do, you do um, estate planning just for our Maryland folks?
1: Yes, that's correct. Got it. Just for Maryland. Okay.
0: okay, same with David Rubin, our family lawyer. So MDLaws.com.
1: Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you so much, Sarah.